Happy holidays. It is December. Amen. Thank you, Robert and Bree, for getting all of the decorations going. Um, it looks so good every year. I can't wait to see what you guys will pull off at the new facility once we're over there. I don't know if the ceilings are this high. I don't know if we'll be able to get the big trees in here, but we're going to make it work. We're going to do something cool over there. Um, so on that note, what did the wise men say after they offered their gifts of gold and frankincense? Wait, there's myrrh. But wait, there's myrrh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What does Santa suffer from if he gets stuck in a chimney? Claustrophobia. It's not bad, right? Not bad. Okay. Um, I found, how many of you are claustrophobic? Any people here claustrophobic? I found out, my whole life I was never claustrophobic. I found out that you can become claustrophobic if you weren't before. And I found out in the worst way possible. Um, I was in Jerusalem in Hezekiah's tunnel, which is solid rock, and it's not quite as tall as me. So I'm having to bend down a little bit. If you're taller than me, it's like probably not the best place to go. But I'm like, cool, we're going to go do it. You know, tunnels are kind of fun and caves are fun. I'm like, cool, we're going to do this thing. I was with a group of young adults. And about halfway through Hezekiah's tunnel, I'm like in between people. And I was like, ooh, I'm not feeling too good right now. It was like not a good experience. It was the worst place to find out you're claustrophobic. It's like just... Keep going, keep going. You know, I actually had a like uh, a Garmin camera on because I was recording it, and we're all like having a good time. And all of a sudden, I got just real quiet. So <laughs> that's the rest of the videos, me being real quiet. I was so relieved when we got to the end. I was like, oh. Anyway, but if you've ever go to Israel with us, you can go to Hezekiah's Tunnel. I'll wait for you outside. Okay. So my Hezekiah's Tunnel days are over. Uh, that particular tunnel, if you read the scripture, um, they, were, they were being, being sieged by uh, uh, the Assyrian army, and um, they needed to redirect the water supply from the, the Goshen Spring, and so there's actually water flowing through it um, in that tunnel. That's pretty cool. How many have ever been to Israel and walked through Hezekiah's Tunnel? It's a cool, cool little area there. So anyway, claustrophobia, here we go. Even as I'm telling that story, I'm like, I feel a little nervous right now, <laughs> so, and not because I'm public speaking. All right, this weekend, I want to talk, um, and I want to take the next couple weeks, I want to talk about how you and I can maintain a healthy um, body-soul-spirit connection. Um, and, and kind of the, um, I believe that God has a roadmap for wholeness. And um, I don't know how many of you here, there's, you know, we're, we're entering into the, the two darkest months of the year, December um, and, and of course, January, the, the winter solstice is December 21st. And I always like getting to the winter solstice because I'm like, yay, the days get longer from here on out. But January is still a short month, you know, um, as far as the, the length of sunlight. And I don't know how many of you here, you, you suffer with like the seasonal blues. Many people, we get into these dark months and people can suffer a little bit, um, you know, emotionally. Um, but uh, couple that with the fact that most people... Um, we're inside more during the holidays. People exercise less. You know, um, we're eating foods that aren't as good. And so no wonder that many people feel um, terrible and um, physically feel terrible and, sp- and emotionally oftentimes they feel terrible. And so I want to do a message on just maintaining um, uh, 
uh, overall just spiritual body health. The, the springboard verse that we're going to go after today is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. It says this, Paul says this to the church in Thessalonica, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the one who calls, uh, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. God cares about your whole person, your whole being. Psalm 139.14, David says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God cares about your whole person. I want to take a few minutes to kind of unpack this verse. First thing I want you to notice is that you and I are triune beings. How many know that God is a trinity? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, um, three co-equal members um, within, the, within the Godhead. It's a bit of a mystery, the, the, the Godhead, but God is a trinity. And we are made in his likeness and image. And how many know that we are also a trinity? You, you have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. Um, it says in Genesis one twenty six, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. God is three parts. We are made like, in many respects, we are made um, like him in his image. And one of the things that um, was retained is that we also have three parts like God does. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, of course, corresponding to our spirit. The Son, God the Son, corresponding to our physical bodies. Because how many know in December the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the son corresponds to our physical bodies and the father corresponds to the soul. Now, what is our soul? Interestingly, our soul is also comprised of three things. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Your mind being your intellect, knowledge, reasoning, your will being your desires, your wants, your dreams, your emotions being the, your feelings and your intuition. But my point is this, you and I have more to look after than just our spirit, right? We have more to look after than just our spirit. We also need to take heed of our soul and our body. And I think oftentimes as uh, in, in the church, we focus so much on the renewal of someone's spirit that we, ne we neglect to give adequate care to our soul and to our body. Okay, um, it's important that we emphasize renewal of the spirit because, I mean, if you don't have a, a newborn spirit, you're not saved, um, you know, you can't go be with Jesus. And that is, you know, an important thing of the church is getting people saved, obviously, because we want them to be with Jesus forever. But not at the, exp well, not only do we want that, we want people also to be whole in their bodies and whole in their, um, whole in their soul. Question, is this echoing a little bit? Is there feedback? Okay, cool. It just sounds to me a little bit like it, but if you're good, I'm good. I can plow. I can preach through babies crying and uh, people falling asleep. It's all good. So, But don't look at your phone. That bothers me. Get off your phone, unless it's the Bible. Okay. But turn off your notifications. So it's just the Bible. So we want to, um, here's what I want to say though this morning. It's important to note that if you pull the rug out from uh, one aspect of your being, the whole person will suffer because every part of your being is interconnected. 
Every part of your being is interwoven and connected. Um, think of it like a triangle. How many know that triangles, they're the strongest and most stable shapes? Do you guys know this? This is why um, engineers, when they build bridges and stuff, you constantly see a triangle um, and, and lots of uh, different things because triangles are the strongest and uh, most stable shapes. But if you think about it, body, soul, spirit, if you remove one aspect of that, how many know a triangle is not going to be very strong if you just have two parts of it? It'll immediately fall. So same thing with our entire being. We have more to look after than just our spirit. Our soul and our body are so important um, to, to our lives. <clears throat> so we have bodily needs. We have soul needs. And we have spiritual needs. And each of us have to remember to spend time and attention making sure that each aspect of our being is being looked after. I know, I know uh, spiritual giants, like they're spiritually mature, amazing men and women of God, but they neglect their physical being and that limits their, their ability for kingdom impact. And we'll talk more about that here in a second. And so let me give you one example of, of the interconnectedness of our body, soul, and spirit. Um, there are many examples we could give in scripture, but Proverbs 14.30 says this, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. When you have a soul at peace, it actually gives life to your body, but envy rots the bones. Um, how many know envy, if you have envy in your, your life, envy in your heart, you're not at peace. If you're always wishing you had something that someone else has, like that is not a soul at peace, amen? Okay, um, but a heart at peace, a heart that has tranquility and the peace of the Lord, that is a life-giving for the body. But how many know if you have turmoil and stress and all these different things going on in your, in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, how many know that has a negative effect on your body? It releases all kinds of stress hormones, and you can't be revved up here all the time and have a healthy body. And then there's a negative feedback cycle. These things are interconnected. We could give you many more verses on that, but science easily backs up the fact that if you're going through a stressful time, you're going to have physical uh, consequences to that constant stress. Again, notice here in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.23, the title given to the Lord in this verse is the God of Peace. I love that the Lord, there are many titles for, for God, but in this particular context, when we're talking about spirit, soul, and body, Paul is saying, may the God of peace sanctify you, that is, set apart, set you apart, through and through, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the Lord's coming. Here's the deal. God wants to bring harmony to your whole person, your entire being. God wants to bring shalom to your spirit. God wants to bring shalom to your soul. God wants to bring shalom to your body. The word through and through, actually there are two words here, but the word through, um, it means this in the, in the Greek language. I won't try to pronounce these words um, in the Greek, but I will read their Strong's number. Strong's 3651. It's, it's a combination of two words, and it's an adjective derived from Strong's 3650, which means whole, and um, from Strong's 5056, um, meaning in purpose. Put those two together and you have this, this word through and through. That means holy, that is holistically, fully layered at all levels, describing someone reaching the end goal of entire sanctification. So in terms of sanctification, yes, when we place our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, our sins are washed away, 
the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our hearts and our spirit is sanctified. But how many know your spirit is saved? Your uh, mind, will, and emotions, your soul is being saved and your body one day will be saved. Amen? But God, there's a work of grace and sanctification that God does in our whole being. And we can... Uh, it takes the grace of God to do this, but you and I can cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit um, to steward the other aspects of our being to make sure everything is working together in harmony. And I'm here to tell you this morning that there's some of you here, you know the Lord, you know the word of God, but you're struggling maybe in your soul. Maybe you're struggling in the realm of your soul. Maybe you're struggling in the realm of your body and you're not optimized to live the life God has called you to live and you're not optimized to make an impact on the world around you. Let me show you the kind of impact that you and I are called to make as humans, as Christ followers. Genesis 1.26, again, we'll go back, back to this verse. God, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Watch this. So that they may rule. Everyone said, everyone say, so that they may rule. Let me just tell you something. Church, you are called to rule. You rule. You're awesome. You rule, okay? Now it says here, so they may rule. And it gives a reference to the fish of the, uh, of the sea, to the bird of the sky, over the uh, livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, we know, of course, this is not limited to animals. This is talking about dominion over the earth, that God placed man and gave him delegated authority to have dominion, control, ownership over the entire earth. Okay? And to fulfill our destiny and our purpose to take territory for the Lord. We are called to take territory. Amen? I hope that this world, that your impact in this world means that the kingdom of God advanced a little bit more. It went a little bit further. Amen? Um, one of the reasons why we're buying our own facility and we're renovating our own facility over in that part of town, people are like, Pastor Crew, why do you need that building? It's like, we're taking territory. We are advancing the kingdom of God. We're going to be an established place over there. We already got churches here. There's already a church in this building, which we love. Um, but we're going to take some new territory. We're expanding the kingdom of God. This is what we're called to do. This is what you're called to do. You are not just called to be here for 50, 60, 70, 80 years of your life and take up oxygen. Use up oxygen. You're called to crush the head of the serpent. Amen. It was prophesied when Adam and Eve fell that there would come one, the seed, uh, uh, the, the, the seed of, of the woman, that through the seed of the woman would come one that would crush the head of the serpent. That, of course, was Jesus. But how many know that through Jesus, we are supposed to, dele through delegated authority, we are supposed to take ground for the kingdom of God and crush the head of the serpent? Amen? Think about this. We're supposed to have dominion over all the creatures that move along the ground. How many know that serpents move along the ground? And I think Satan's in the background thinking, wait a minute, I move along the ground. He just sent someone here to take a dominion and authority over things that move along the ground. Unfortunately, oftentimes, Satan knows our created value more than we know our created value. The devil knows this, that if he can keep you from ruling you, you can't rule anything else. Think about that. If you can't rule you, how are you going to rule anything else? One of the best lessons in leadership that I could offer to you, I don't know everything about leadership, but I know a thing or two. One thing I know, a good starting place for any person is, if you can rule yourself, 
you can begin to rule other things. If you can be in charge of yourself, you can begin to be in charge of other people. But if you can't be in charge of yourself, how could you be trusted with other people, money, organizations, those kind of things? Satan knows that if he can keep you from ruling your own triune being, you will never rule him. You will never take ground for God. For example, if you can't rule your body, the devil knows that at very least he can limit you from fulfilling your purpose and ruling him. The devil knows that if you cannot rule your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, that you, you'll be so bogged down with a mind that's distracted. How many know a distracted mind is not a ruling mind? How many know if you have a, a will that's out of control, you're not going to be taking ground for the kingdom? Why? Because your wanter is going to be running the show, right? We don't want wanters out of control. <clears throat> we want our will to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Or, or how about this one, our emotions? How many know that sometimes emotions are driving the vehicle when they're supposed to be in the back seat? Hey, man. I've said this many times. I have to say it again because it's so good. Emotions are like children, okay? There's a place for children when you're driving a car. You put them in the back seat, okay? You don't put them in the trunk to ignore them, but you also don't put them in the driver's seat to drive the car. They're acknowledged, right? You want to acknowledge your emotions, but you don't want to put your emotions in charge either, okay? So we want to have a body that is being stewarded well. We want a soul that is under the uh, renewal of the Holy Spirit, under the grace of God being renewed. And of course, we want a spirit that is connected with our creator and the source of our relationship with God. One of the reasons why God, it says that God is the God of peace. One of the reasons why God is the God of peace is because there is perfect unity between the members of the Godhead. There's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And how many of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they don't try to upstage one another. There's perfect submission and unity and love and respect between the members of the Godhead. That's, that's what a, a unified Godhead looks like. And one of the unfortunate things that happened when mankind fell is that there was unity between mankind's body, soul, and spirit, but there became a fracturing that our spirit, the spirit's under the un... Um, uh, someone's spirit who's not born again, be, there became a separation between us and God, right? And then there became a fracturing between the body, soul, and spirit. God wants to bring those things in alignment. Jesus said this in Matthew twelve twenty five. He said this, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Notice the progression here it goes, kingdom, city, Household. Amen. That's a good word for some of you married couples. If you have a household even divided against itself, it cannot stand. But dare we take that even a step further and say, every person divided against themselves cannot stand. We need a person who is whole body, soul, and spirit, not just in our spirit. Any part of your being that is suffering will affect all the other parts of your being. So we have needs, right? We have spiritual needs, we have bodily needs, uh, we have soul needs. I have a diagram that you can go ahead and put up. And I kind of put down some of the, the, the needs that we have in our body, soul, and spirit. Now, this week in particular, I want to spend the rest of this message just focusing on bodily needs. I want to go to the Lord today with, for insight to how we optimize our physical beings. Next week, I want to talk about the realm of the soul and how we can be whole and healed 
healthy in our souls. And then the week after that, I want to, we'll, we'll go after spirit. What do you need to be healthy? What kind of bodily needs do you have? Number one, you need nutritious food, not just food, right? There's a lot of food in December. Not all of it's nutritious. We don't just need water. We need clean water. We don't just need air. We need clean air. We need shelter. How many know we need, we all need balanced hormones. Amen. We need good hygiene. We need good sleep. We need exercise. We need recreation. It's a physical need. Recreation and fun is something we need. We need Sabbath, Sabbath rest, and we need sunlight. All right. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you lacking any of these in your physical being? We'll talk about soul, spirit, you know, the next couple weeks, but Today, let's focus on physical being. Are you lacking any of these? And there, I'm sure there are a few others. I don't know. This is a completely comprehensive list. But are you lacking any of these in your physical being? Are you being robbed of, your, of maximizing the life that God has called you to live and maximizing the kingdom impact that God wants you to have? How many know that if you can't get out of bed in the morning, you're not going to be very good for your purpose or for God's purposes in your life. Amen. If you don't have any energy or, or perhaps it was the case that there was a time where you had energy all day and now you only have energy for four hours in the morning. Okay. That's not maximized living, is it? Okay. God wants us to optimize our bodies so that we can live out um, our callings. Okay. This morning I want to, I have five keys uh, that will make a big difference for some of us with respect to our physical health and physical needs. Number one, we just want to go all the way back to this. Number one, love your physical being. Love your physical being. God has made you um, as a physical being. You have a body, soul, and spirit. And did you know in heaven you're going to have a glorified body? It'll be an upgrade. So that's good news for us, right? It'll be an upgrade, thank God. One that doesn't wear out, one that doesn't get old. Amen. Right now, Rachel Grimm is dancing with Jesus in heaven. She's got a perfect body, right? She is with the Lord forever. And you and I one day will have a perfect body. But, but how many know, again, we have this idea that heaven is this mm, spiritual realm that, has, that lacks anything physical. Well, it is spiritual. Heaven is spiritual, obviously. But you are called to live in a body forever. You will always have a body. Amen. But this, love your physical being. I know that some of us, we're a little older, we're a little slower, we're a little more wrinkly. There's parts of you that you wish were bigger, parts that you wish were smaller. I get it. Like, right? We all, we, think, imagine this, if us as humans, if we could just augment our bodies in any way we wanted, we would all look completely different. We would all look like supermodels, would we not? We would all look like amazing, you know, like Tom Brady and whoever else looks good, I don't know. Okay, but you've been dealt a hand, haven't you? And some of us have been dealt good hands. Some of us have been dealt bad hands. But it is the Lord's hand for you. And it is important to acknowledge that. And you need to love the way God made you because God doesn't make mistakes. Amen? God does not make mistakes. When I was young, you know, a teenager, um, and even in my young 20s, I think, I think young women have always struggled with body image issues more than, more than men have. And one of the things that I, I you know, remember women struggling with was like, 
um, bulimia or um, anorexia, those kind of things. And um, how many of the, the devil will do everything to exploit you, to get you to not agree with you or not to agree with the way God made you? We need to love who we are. Now, within that, we have to have good stewardship. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But the, the attack of the enemy had before bulimia, anorexia, then there was the cutting thing that's happened. Now it's everyone with gender dysphoria. I don't believe in the gender God made me. Listen, God does not make mistakes like that. If you were born a boy, you're destined to be a man. If you're born a little girl, you're, you're destined to be a woman. So God made you. He doesn't make mistakes. Look what David says in Psalm uh, 139, 13, and 15. For you formed my inwards par- inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Okay, God's not making mistakes there. He, he knows what he wanted to put inside of you. You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Watch this, verse 14. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Notice, body, soul, spirit agreement here. David's soul, mind, will, and emotions, is in agreement with his frame, the way God designed him and made him. That is having unity within, your, within yourself. If you hate your physical being your whole life, like, listen, you, you, your soul is not in agreement with God's physical destiny for you. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. In the depths of the earth, that's just um, poetic for in, inside of the womb, in, inside the, the darkness of the womb. But here's the point is that God fearfully, wonderfully woven us together. You are God's masterpiece and you need to love what God made. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Love what God loves and stop cursing, stop word cursing yourself by what you don't like about your body. Amen. That is a good word. Come on. All right, point number two, accept what you cannot change and take responsibility for what you can. Okay, we all have been given a body type. That body type is that hand you've been dealt. Like it or not, it is your body type. You can't change your body type, but you can do the best with what you've been given. Amen? That's the realm that we can have control over is making good choices with the body type that we have been given. Listen, not all of us, or really not any of us, in this room at least, are gonna be in the NBA, right? Probably not. I don't see any young people who are, maybe Rob, possibly Rob. He's working on it, guys. He's working on it. Not all of us are gonna play in the NBA. Not all of us are gonna run marathons. Like, that's not everyone's jam. But we can take responsibility to care for the temple of God that we've been given. It says this in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. Paul said this, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that the God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. So there's two layers here. Individually, we are God's temple and also collectively, we are God's temple. There's like two dimensions to that. But here, here's the point. We have to care for, steward, take care of this physical temple. We'll be given an upgrade someday. Thank God. Amen. This one does tend to wear out. That's just entropy and living in the world we're in. But we want to take care and steward the ones that we have. 
And we also want to steward the temple of God in terms of the church and our relationships with one another. Amen? All right, so that's point number two. Accept what you cannot change. Take responsibility for what you can. Number three, I felt like this one was important this year for some reason. Don't fall into the all or nothing mindset. This is one of the problems that happens with New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions have a high rate of failure. And maybe some of you are thinking about New Year's resolutions. I actually encourage people and think goals and resolutions are good. Um, but one, here's one of the problems. Just I'll give you an example uh, would be uh, physical fitness. A lot of people are like, I'm doing it. This is the year. January, I'm going to be in the gym five days a week for an hour. So five hours a week. And they go hardcore. They're working muscles they don't normally work. They get really sore. They burn themselves out. And then they quit. And then they spend 48 weeks of the year or 50, 50 weeks of the year doing nothing and going hardcore for two weeks. Okay. That's probably not the way to start. Actually, what, it would be better for you to take 15 minutes three times a week and do that all year instead of going to the gym five hours for two weeks and burning yourself out. Don't fall into the all or nothing mindset. Usually people bite off more than they can chew. And it's really easy during the holidays to say, well, January's coming. I know it's December, January's coming. I'll just, once January comes, I'll make some big changes. Let me give you an example. This is just how it's worked in my life lately. Um, I'm a runner, but I've had plantar fasciitis and I haven't been able to run for like a couple months now. And, and as a runner that drives you crazy, I can still work, I can still hike, I can, I can be on my feet all day, it doesn't bother me. But as soon as I start trying running, it's kind of messing with me. So I've been trying to figure out other ways to get zone two cardio. And it's actually been kind of cool because I've been lifting more weights, which is a good thing. But one of the things I have to be careful of is I can't eat as many calories as I was before because I was hiding a fair amount of gluttony behind running, you know, <laughs> just confession there. I don't eat better than most people. I just run it off, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I felt like the Lord kind of gave, gave us a strategy. So it's, it's December. It's the holiday, holidays. And um, I don't want to start a hardcore diet and like try to do it from now on. It's like, no, I want to enjoy the holidays too. So what we're doing is for the first 21 days of December, we're going to try to be on a diet and then we'll take a break for the holiday. And then maybe in, maybe in January, we'll start it up again. But I think even next year, that would be a good strategy. It's like the first part of, you can't take November, December off and be okay. <laughs> like, and just eat whatever you want. So like the first three weeks of November, first three weeks of December, and then maybe the first three weeks of January. But here's what I'm saying. Life ebbs and flows. You know you're going to have vacations. You know you're going to have breaks. You're, you're going to have cheat meals. It's okay. But what we want to avoid is the all or nothing mentality because typically the all or nothing mentality just leads to more nothing, right? If you're all or nothing, it just usually typically leads to more nothing. So what do we do? We want to have bite-sized chunks and have more of a lifestyle of health. Amen? Um, momentum is good, but let's be realistic um, and have plan breaks. Um, eating good is, is great, but it's okay to have cheat meals. Exercise is good, but how many are you going to have vacations? Um, for those of you who, you know, don't mind having a beer or a glass of wine, um, if you don't have a problem with drinking, like it's okay to like do sober October, take a month off, you know, and just take a break from it. Um, you should never be getting drunk by the way. 
But even just taking a break from it altogether, or, or taking a break from caffeine, um, having some rhythms, life ebbs and flows, but um, we could still make minor adjustments and keep going. So avoid the all or nothing mentality. So if you're going to start a diet, do it today. Amen. All right. Point number four, I actually feel like this is a word of wisdom for some people. I'm not just saying this because I couldn't think of what to preach this week. I actually feel like for some of you, um, during the dark months, aggressively plan to get more sunlight exposure. I felt like compelled that there are some people here today, you're struggling, and maybe the reason you're struggling is because you're literally not getting enough sunlight. It's kind of those dark months, and we need to be intentional about that. How many know there's the, there's the word of wisdom, there's the word of knowledge? Um, a word of knowledge is like, I feel like someone here is struggling with this or whatever, and God will give you that insight. Sometimes there's also the word of wisdom, and the word of wisdom is how to fix the problem that you're in. And for some of you, not everyone, I think there are some people here, you've been kind of down and depressed, and I feel like you need to you need just get more sunlight and be more intentional about that. It's estimated that... 90% of our daily uh, bodily requirements for vitamin D are met through uh, sun uh, synthesis from the sun. It's interesting that of all of the, most of our vitamins we get from foods and that, those kind of things, we can actually make a vitamin just by being in the sun. God is an amazing, cool designer, amen? And so in the summertime, we go from like a lot of sun exposure, our skin's, you know, our skin's exposed to the outside, where you get a lot of sun exposure to the days being short. And then when we are outside, we're covering up so much. And so it's like basically our hands and our faces are getting sunlight. Yeah, that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. The days are short, and then the time we're getting outside isn't very quality either. So let me give you a couple tips um, with light. Now, the rabbit hole with light goes pretty deep. I kind of like to listen to some health podcasts and those different things, so I won't get into all the depths of where we could go here. The rabbit hole goes pretty deep, but here's some tips I want to give you. Number one, um, get sunlight early in the morning, in your eyes, early in the morning. Um, as soon as you wake up, try to get like 30 minutes of sunlight, at least 20 or 30 minutes, um, in your eyes. This will help reset your circadian rhythm. Okay, and um, by the way, if um, it's important to wake up at the same time every day, even if you didn't get a good night's sleep, wake up at the same time every day. If you have to, take a nap. How many know Jesus took naps, right? He fell asleep in the boat. So napping is, is, is kosher, right? I don't know why he said kosher. Jesus was kosher. Did you know that? He didn't eat pork. He kept the Sabbath. So if you have to take a nap, but get up, get up at the same time every day, try to get sunlight early in the morning in your eyes. Around noon, especially in Colorado and our, these colder climates, when it warms up, that's when you want to try to get outside and get some sunlight on your skin. Obviously, you can take vitamin D supplements as well. Nothing wrong with that. But um, if you can get out during the warmest part of the day at noon, get some sunlight on you. Okay, and then the evening, the other thing with light is, is this. Try to limit blue light because blue light tells your, your, you know, the sky's blue. Blue light tells your brain it's time to be awake. If you begin to shift that toward, away from blue light, more towards red lights, your body actually will release more melatonin. It'll be easier for you to, to fall asleep. And so, um, yeah, low lights, red lights, those longer wavelengths in the evening. Um, this is also interesting, but there's um, this thing called red light therapy, which I thought was um, snake oil a couple years ago. My wife got this thing for her face that was red light. I'm like, that is snake oil, like, because it's supposed to be healing for your, uh, your skin, collagen, those kind of things. 
And, um, but then she's so stunning. I was like, it's working. It's working. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. No, um, just because I had done a deep dive into light exposure, it actually is scientifically proven that those longer wavelengths of light, they don't damage your skin, but they do penetrate your skin. And it actually leads to um, better hormone health and, and, and healing for your body, um, developing collagen and those different kind of things for your body. So, but you want to do that in the evening. You don't want to get red light um, in the morning. Yeah, sound good? Yeah, what you're looking for is in the evening, you want melatonin to come up, cortisol to come down. In the morning, you want cortisol to come up and melatonin to drop off. And how many know God made the world and there's rhythms and there's cycles and he made us to fit within that world and when we cooperate with the world that we live in we are going to be more optimized for health we when we fit in those rhythms and cycles we're going to be optimized as much as we can okay last point ask the holy spirit for insight what you need what i need are different um what the lifestyle you have, the responsibilities you have are different, but guess who knows what those are? The Holy Spirit knows what those are. And maybe you're in a place where you're like, man, I just don't have time in the day to, to get any exercise, or I don't even know how to start eating good. Ask the Holy Spirit for insight. Like, Lord, what is a way I could get some exercise or get some sunlight or start eating better? The Holy Spirit will actually give you um, supernatural insight. insight. This is an interesting thing, but like I mentioned, having plantar fasciitis and um, I've been struggling with this a little bit and lots of people tell me, you know, what I should be doing about that and whatever, which is fine. I, I love talking about it. So, um, just about health and that kind of stuff. So I don't mind if you have planners, fasciitis advice for me. But one thing I, the other day, um, I think this is a word of wisdom and time will tell if this is a word of wisdom. It might've just been the pizza. I don't know. But the other day I had a dream. I had a dream and in my dream, um, it was winter out and I was walking outside barefoot. I had a coat on. I had, you know, I was dressed warm and I was like, I actually feel like this is a word of wisdom from the Lord. So I've been trying this and, uh, it hasn't hurt me so far. Like, you know, it's pretty chilly, you know, your, your toes get cold, but something about, you know, um, your feet being in a natural environment, but also the cold that take away inflammation, that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. I'll let you know if that was a word of wisdom. It might've been. NyQuil, I don't know, but um, I didn't have NyQuil the night before. Did not. So, but the Lord will give you a word of wisdom. Listen, some of you here, you're, you might be eating a, f a particular food that isn't agreeing with your particular chemistry. And it, um, it may take the Holy Spirit to give you a dream or to give someone else a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Like, hey, try removing that from your diet. And all of a sudden you feel amazing, you know, like, People who have gluten sensitivities, maybe you don't know that you have it and then you try to remove something out of your diet and all of a sudden you feel amazing. But here's my point. Ask the Holy Spirit. He knows you. He's the one that intricately wove you together in your mother's womb. He knows how you're designed. He knows how you're made. He knows what will be best to optimize your health. Not every diet, not every exercise plan is a one size fits all. There has to be something that works for you specifically. So ask the Holy Spirit. That's point number three. And uh, we know that you can hear God's voice. Amen? All right, I'll conclude with this. And you guys can go ahead and stand to your feet. We'll let you move the blood around here, speaking of our physical beings. Next week, I want to talk about how to be healthy in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. 
oftentimes we'll go through a traumatic experience and we don't even realize the, the havoc that that's wreaking on, on ourselves until we're, um, until it's too later, until we're way past that. And I just want to talk about some, uh, some soul care next week and how we can maintain uh, healthy souls. But this morning, I want to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit in res- with respect to your physical being, with respect to your, your bodies, um, God wants us to live as healthy triune beings. And I'm going to pray and ask the Lord this morning, if there's any area of your life, and maybe as I've been talking about this, some of you are like, yeah, um, there's an area the Lord's highlighting. I'm going to just pray and ask the Lord if there's anything there that he would reveal that to us right now. So Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for every person in this place, Lord. Thank you, God. You made us who we are, Lord. God, we were your idea, God, from the foundations of the world, Lord. You had these individuals in mind and had a plan and a purpose and a destiny for each of us, Lord. And I ask this morning, God, if... Um, that you would help us, Lord, to steward well our physical beings. And rather than us trying to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and be super disciplined, Lord, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, if you would release supernatural insight to us individually, Lord, of how to optimize our health, how to optimize these physical bodies, these temples of the Lord that you have given us, Lord. And so, God, we ask that this morning. Lord, speak to your people. We love you. We thank you for... Um, the way you've made us, and uh, we love you today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we love you guys. Have a blessed week, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday. I'm going to have Pastor Leslie come close, and then we'll get out of here. Ministry team, come forward if you would. God bless.